3: Welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. 0 nil in the soccer. The next game on at the moment in the World Cup. Denmark and Tunisia is scoreless still. Just beyond the half-hour mark. What a shock this morning. I watched the end of it. Argentina beaten. The favourites beaten by Saudi Arabia. And Argentina, of course. Louise's team our favourites. We're going to talk about it a little bit later on in the show. Thank you for joining us. Lots of guests over the next couple of hours. But I begin today. Listen to this. This is a quote about my first guests. It's from the Sunday Independent on Sunday, uh, Barry Egan. He says the finest Irish punk folk combination since the Pogues. Now that is some accolade. Who am I talking about? Dundalk's finest, the Mary Wallopers of course Andrew and Charles Hendy and Sean McKenna. They're here smiling out of the Sunday Independent. Lovely picture of them at me as I speak. But they're far from home today and Charles is on the line. Hello Charles.
4: How are you getting on? Uh, my brother is here as well, Andrew. You know, the less uh, popular... <laughs> hey, I uh, know, I don't mean Andrew. He I don't you. know why I say he's drunk.
3: <laughs> I know he's standing on your shoulder there, as he always is. Well, boys, congratulations on an accolade like that. Your new album is out called The Mary Wallopers. But I want to talk to you about the, the substance of the piece, Anya, because you... Uh, really, don't hold back on your uh, on your views on the Catholic Church, politicians, Elon Musk, housing, the cost of renting and a United Ireland. You
4: got it all out in one article. Yes. That's what happens when you interview us before we've had our dinner. <laughs> but there's no He should have fed us first. <laughs> and there wouldn't have been a word about it. No, we would have been saying everything's rosy in the garden. That's <laughs> oh, it's great. And aren't Fin's aren't aren't great. It great? Aren't but uh, no, you're right. You're right there. We don't uh, like any of that stuff.
3: No, you, you really didn't hold back. But here, look, boys, come on. Let's go through them one one by one. The Catholic Church. You say they're worse than the Brits everywhere in this country for the 800 years uh, they were here. Oh, come on, boys. You can't tar everybody with the one brush. There were good people no, and no, there's still good tar- people in the church.
4: Tar- no, no, we're not tarring everyone with the one brush. But if a fella kept coming to your door every day and punching you in the mouth, would you start to be... Uh you start to be concerned about it. I don't know. Like, w- look, we're not saying that they we still have own problems. the hospitals, they still own the schools. They're, they're, they create, they caused so much damage in the country over the last so many years. Over 30,000 women have been through the Magdalene Laundry since it was started. So, look, they, they don't look good.
3: They I- get too sick. I hear what you're saying, and I accept every word. And you're so right. Look what's coming out in Blackrock College at the moment. What's come yeah. out in the past, and there's probably more to come. But would you would concede that there were good people, and there are good people, well-meaning people under the umbrella of the church?
4: Uh yeah. Well, we don't. We won't. We won't tread on anyone's beliefs. System, mm. you know. But I think that if you go around the country, and the biggest building in every tiny village and town is a big, massive church, and then they have the nerve to ask you for money, you know. Uh, we don't. We think they should be probably given right, things they, they still had their collection pots out during the famine. You know, it's it's not like uh, it's it's not like they're they're all so innocent. You know, and what, There's what, a housing crisis in Ireland? And there's how many abandoned buildings owned by the church? So we think they it's, it's just, just wrong. It it's not a question of uh, you know, belief systems or anything like that. It's morals, and it's just it. Uh, we think it's wrong. OK,
3: OK, and and you're perfectly entitled to your views and you make a valid point as well. But I, I'll still say to you, there are good people in there. Let's move on. Politicians, talk about big houses. There's a huge house in Merrion Square where they gather every other day. Yeah, of course, a big, massive
4: house, and they get to go in there. I'm sure, do we get to go in there? No. Uh, and uh, I'd love to be in the doll bar every evening, but look, we have nothing. I was chatting, I was chatting to a fella the other day who has a laundromat in Dublin and he has to close down because his energy prices have gone up four times per month this year mm. where when that's happening in the country they're still giving themselves raises every few months of of a couple of four or five grand like And they try, you know, they try and hoodwink the people of Ireland and and they do it in every country. They try and hoodwink people by talking about, you know, talking in politician language. But it it, is black and white and plain to see how come they are getting rises every 10 seconds. they're, They're constantly saying, oh, well, you know, with COVID and then the war in Ukraine, you know, obviously things are going to get expensive now. We have to tighten our belts, but they're literally giving themselves. But a raise. They're loosening their own belts. They should be afraid to walk down the street.
3: I couldn't argue with you. The rises have happened, not every ten seconds, by the way. But you know, we I hear what you're saying. There have been regular rises, and, and people are struggling.
4: In the next year it might be every 10 seconds if we keep away with it. <laughs> to be honest if the strike gives themselves a rise every 10 seconds people are probably be like oh but in fairness like they're doing this and doing that. But people are just for them. So. <laughs> you
3: know. e- e- Mr. Elon Musk you'll never work for
4: Twitter anyway. I don't think that many no. will. No sure everyone thinks he's a genius but he's just rich that's the problem. Hmm. Do you not like rich people? Well until we are rich I'll tell you what we hate them. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose it's one way of looking at it. No, look, you're, you're not wrong
3: You're not wrong when it comes, and I, 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 I'd I say everybody agreed, you on this one, the housing crisis and the cost of renting.
4: Yeah, sure. Look, we're you know, they had the nerve in the media to say stuff like, our generation are eating too many avocados, and that's why we can't afford a house. Butcher. What's the point in saving for a house if you can't get one?
5: Yeah.
4: You know what I mean? No hope in hell. Uh, I don't know anyone unless they have family money that is able to get a house. And I know people are working very, very hard to get a house, and they deserve it. Mm. But uh, uh, but there is something uh, wrong with the system. Also, things were literally better in the past. You know, like it's not uh, a lot of people think like, oh, well, I worked hard to get my house thirty years ago or forty years ago. But it's incredibly hard to get a house now. You know, people are still working hard. But yeah. They can't afford houses, or they can't get houses because they're all built to rent.
3: Yeah, and the rental situation. I just saw, I think it was in Drogheda yesterday, a very ordinary three-bedroomed house looking for €1,900 a month. Yeah,
5: like, what
4: what is the job you're supposed to do for that? Are you going to even be in the house? You'll be working that hard. Yeah, true. You don't need the house. That's it you've you've actually you've come
3: to come to a, a fair conclusion there but seriously it is crazy money to be asking for rental for for a pretty ordinary place to live in going back a little bit i, I was curious the irish women's soccer team and their delight after qualifying for the world cup that old song the sang didn't bother you boys much
4: no, not at, at all. At all. And I don't think it bothers anyone in Ireland. That if it does bother you, well, you need to check up the history and you need to have a look at how it is, at that point, a very innocent and celebratory thing that they also awesome. The song was written for, basically for Celtic Football Club, so it's a football song more than it is anything else. Mm.
3: So you felt it, all the furore and hoo ha about it was unnecessary?
4: It's totally unnecessary. It, it's disrespectful to the it, women's football team yeah, as well. They it, put, it, put so much it, work in and did something great. Like it's putting. Uh, <laughs> I think, is sorry. there somebody trying sorry. to shift you? Is there? No. Oh, no, no, we were, we were, they were uh, we were, they were trying to get us to pay for food and stuff on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, sorry about that interruption. But sure, look, we can't help us. We are here, sunning ourselves in the Netherlands at the moment.
3: Oh, you're in Holland today, are you boys? We're yeah.
4: Well, yeah. we're in Germany this morning.
3: Oh, and and I hopped over to Holland. Have
4: you a gig there? Yes, we're playing in uh, Nijmegen tonight, Amsterdam tomorrow, and. Defender defensor the next day.
3: Good on you. We'll come back to the music in a minute just to pick up on one last point from your rant in the Indo at the weekend. Um, You're all for getting rid of the border altogether. You know this thing that's going on about the protocol and everything. You think it should be gone altogether but how are you going to accommodate the other side? You know, how is unionism going to be accommodated
4: in a New Ireland, lads? By talking to people. By people talking to each other. There's no problem on this green earth that can't be solved with people communicating with each other and the one thing governments that don't want us to not do is genuinely communicate with each other and there's also a lot of things in the north that living li- there's a lot of living situation things that are better in the north and all those people will want to keep those things and they'll be voting in the, in uh, ireland as a whole so it's actually it's beneficial to everyone
3: and you you are border boys of course from the dock. and the other thing to tell listeners is your dad uh, was of the protestant faith and your mum, Mary, Catholic. So you, you can understand both sides. Exactly.
4: We get on with everyone. We know it all.
3: <laughs> the Mary Wallopers <laughs> know it all. You heard it first on Late Lunch this yeah, afternoon. Tell me More this. On that. <laughs> Boys, tell me this. The name, Mary Wallopers, where did it come from?
4: Well, originally, we thought it was a ship. Robbie McKenna, Sean's father, uh, used to refer to boats. There was a boat in the harbour in, in Dundalk, uh, years and years ago called the Mary Walloper and, and we didn't think we'd need a name because we didn't think we'd get this popular but uh, we used the name the Mary Walloper after but years later we found out only very recently that it was named after a sex worker who used to work in the dock from often She was called Mary Walloper Her nickname was uh, Mary Walloper so <laughs> that's what we're named after <laughs> God
6: damn it, what, what,
3: what, what? I don't know what to say boys so it's, it's a totally different kind of <laughs> station
4: now. That's you, just have to, you have to roll with it. You have to roll with it. I'd say she rolled with it many times for sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, the, the, here's another thing about you I want to say, and I want to tell listeners this. I know you because you became uh, really part of the FLA in Drogheda when it was here for the two years because you stole the show in Scholars and Peggy Moores. They were great times, weren't they boys? Great.
4: Great, great, great crack. crack! We love all them crowd up in scholars and Peggy Moores and Jez. We could arrive in Peggy Moores some evening. You wouldn't
3: know out of the blue, out of
4: the blue. It's always out of the blue,
3: and away you go. You're welcome. Yes. Ah, oh, sure. Isn't that fantastic? And here's the thing as well. I didn't. I never knew this about you. Um, you worked in a business, a well-known business, uh, in the northeast as well. It's based here in Drogheda, Mister Curry. Yeah,
4: we used to work in Mister Curry. It was great for Paul.
3: And I, I are you fans of the sauce? I, I take it that's a oh,
4: uh, it, it's maybe the best curry sauce, curry paste that you can get. Sure, it's Brilliant. <laughs> so you had plenty of it as well you had plenty of it as well as making it. Oh, absolutely. You can dip carrots in it and everything and sure, so then you have a healthy meal. <laughs>
3: So on the music front, lads, uh, this new album, it's a combination of new stuff, old stuff. It really is going down a storm.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's being received incredibly well. And they're all songs, you know, they're not, we wouldn't uh, claim the songs, they're everyone's songs. Anyone can sing those songs and learn them. And it's part of our culture and the real stories. and, uh, uh, And also a lot of them are a load of fun as well. Mm. Loads
3: of crap. So the tour
4: Germany yesterday, Holland
3: today, and this tour going on into next year as well. So you're you've made it, boys. The Mary Wallopers have made it at long last.
4: Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it. We're bursting ourselves here.
3: But you're after having a good feed there So uh, that's the important thing So did I catch you You see maybe today is more uh, Level and more even and more You know what I'm saying A little bit more sensible our conversation Than what appeared in the paper Because you have the grub in you Well this is this. I haven't
4: actually eaten me sandwich yet But you can ask more questions if you want me to get picked <laughs> I thought we were very sensible in the news. Paper. I thought we were very sensible
3: We came across very well in the newspaper just... You have got a good reaction from it did you?
4: Uh, yeah, I
3: think so, anyway. Yeah, well, look, I enjoyed it, to be honest with you, and that's why I have you with us on late lunch this afternoon. You are great fellas, you really are, and your ah, music and entertainment is just first class. And I say to anybody who can go along and see you this year or next, make sure you do. You're going to really enjoy these boys. They're fantastic music and they're great crack besides. Here, I'd better let you back to your sandwich there before it gets too angry. <laughs> oh, thanks for having us. Thanks for joining me, Charles. Thank you, Andy. To Andrew, thank you Andrew, thank you Charles thanks for joining me on the show, take care, bye bye that's the merry wallopers they are some bit of crack I can tell you I'm not joking, if you could look back at it read read the Barry Egan's piece on the uh, in the Sunday Independent last Sunday it is something else and they get serious about a lot of those issues we're talking with, uh, about there and of course having a bit of fun with them on the show today coming up in late lunch this afternoon Sharon Doherty is with me uh, wonderful lady, I've met her in the past Jim owner from Ashbourne, she has an update on our story and don't forget we have your two on Tuesday a very very timely one I have to tell you this afternoon if you want to get in touch with us 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text we'll take the break and then we will have a listen to the Mary Wallopers I have a song from the new album just for you stay with us on Late Lunch The Late, late
2: lunch, lunch with Jerry Kelly on LMFM
4: Of the east, there came
6: the hard
4: man. Oh ho ho! All the way to Britain, ah ah ah! Glory hallelujah! Cut the royal
6: and the uninvited.
3: Yeah, the Mary Wallopers and that one from their new album, Cod Liver Oil and Orange Juice. A Noel song reworked on the album, as I say, just called after the boys themselves, the Mary Wallopers. are some crack. They really, really are. And we wish them well. And the year ahead, 2023, look, looks to be a huge one for them. Well, Louise, you picked Argentina. I think I put the death wish on Oh, Louise.
6: <laughs>
7: Louise they were beaten death stare. I
6: can't
3: believe they were beaten two by goals
7: in five minutes
3: Saudi Arabia they were one up with a penalty from Messi and mm-hmm. then beaten 2-1 um, I was watching it towards the very end of the game uh, and that's a massive shock at the World Cup no one saw it coming the favourites beaten in the first game and and how
7: did they play Like was it well deserved
3: well deserved yeah well deserved so by to Saudi Arabia well deserved mm. uh, you couldn't deny them the win they were brilliant defended well when they had to as well towards the end so Tell the sister she'll have to cry for Argentina. <laughs> Martina, do cry for me, Martina. You'll have to change the title now that they will be. There'll be
7: hysterics by the end of it. Oh,
3: hysterics is right. Anyway, Argentina, have to, they'll have to win their next two games. Mexico and Poland are in that group. It's not an easy group, you know.
7: And Argentina only scored because of a penalty. A
3: penalty is Ooh. right. Mexico play Poland now at four o'clock. There's a game on at the moment, 0-0 at halftime between Denmark and Tunisia. And the evening game is France and Australia at seven o'clock. I watched Wales last night. your lads? Um, when am I playing? Let me see. Uh, I've gone for Portugal and Brazil. Not today. Tomorrow maybe they're out. We'll check that. But they're not playing today for sure. Uh, Holland, your crowd, your second team, mm. won last night 2-0. So you mm-hmm. have a win under your belt with the Dutch, the Netherlands, Holland, In whatever countries. you like to call them. And one win, one loss and my two still to play. Late lunch LMFM radio. We're heading towards top of the hour, 2 o'clock. News and weather and after two. Sharon Doherty, Jim Ona from Ashburn is joining me with an update to our incredible story. Now, my next guest on the show, I remember meeting her in studio here for the first time and what an impression she made on me. She told me her story. It was a remarkable one. She left a toxic relationship. She lost five stone. She opened a gym in Ashburn in County Meath. She gave up smoking. She has a family to look after as well. And on top of all that, she won a silver medal at the World Kickboxing Championships. And she's back with me today to bring us an update to her story. Sharon Doherty, hello again. Jerry, how are you? I'm really good. But today we want to know how you are because I want to tell our listeners 18 months yeah. ago you were involved in a car accident. I was. What happened?
1: Um. Well, it was just over 18 months ago and if you remember, James had gotten the, the go-ahead to open up for outdoor training. Mm. Um, We were actually in, in, in lockdown like the rest of the, the world. And it was the, the Thursday the Friday, before we were due to open up on the Monday, so I was coming into work and I was getting kind of a lot of my clients had a loan of my equipment and throughout COVID and that, you know, so they were kind of bringing stuff back and I had to get ready for outdoor training and I didn't have a lot of clientele coming back because not a lot of people want to do outdoor training, Mm. so um, on the way into the gym, I was in a bit of an accident somebody came out and and ran straight into me, um, head forced. Oh. Yeah. So now my my car was in getting fixed, so I actually had a borrowed car out of the garage. Um so and it was a, a smaller car than my own. So it was a lot thinner. So I got it I got a fairly hefty bang off it, you know. Mm.
5: Um
1: but look I got I went into work, I we I had a chat with them the the chap and all that crashed into me and whatever and I got out of the car. I was fine. I went into work. I had done what I had to do. When I got home that night, and sure, I was only home about three or four hours, and I was in in a bad way. I was never in a car accident in my life, you know. So, my whole body, I couldn't move. The next morning, and um, I ended up going to Blanchardstown Hospital. And um, I was in a bad, bad way. So my back there was whiplash. I had a lot of stuff going on in my back, and which was devastating for me because. After being closed for a year and a half to two years, I was given this opportunity to reopen. Yes. And I couldn't. Hmm.
3: So these injuries uh, came at the worst possible time because you it were ready worst. to go and you were immediately out of the picture. You couldn't uh, yes. couldn't
1: get
4: going.
1: Worst possible time. So on the Saturday, I spent all day in Friday in the hospital. And on the Saturday, kind of everybody got together. My partner, a lot of them out of the gym, got together, got all the equipment in, got the whole gym ready, Got stuff that was ready needed. I said I have to open outdoor, so I kind of put a message out there to the people that were coming back training with me. I won't be able to lift anything. You're going to have to bring your own stuff outside, you know, stuff like this. I needed to open. I couldn't not open. Mm. I mean, I was on the brink of closure, yes. like most people in the in the world. So, I did. I opened. Um, I was in a lot of pain for a few weeks, and I took the time off training. But I never got back training because. I couldn't lift. I couldn't move. My back was in bits. My neck, constant, constant pain. Um, it just destroyed me. Um, it really affected me. I was really down. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. I was training everybody. I was getting back on my feet. The business was getting back on its feet. You know, I was opening. I was fine day to day. You now getting out of the bed and, and doing my normal daily chores. I wasn't a cripple by no means. I wasn't in constant pain or mm. anything like that. Um, but I couldn't lift. I couldn't demonstrate a movement. I couldn't instruct a class. There's a lot of stuff I couldn't do. And if I did do it, I was in severe pain after.
3: So what did you do? How did did you close?
1: No, I kept open. I set open. I walked through it. I was taking painkillers. I was got physio for about eight or nine months. Um, I just didn't do anything with myself. I just didn't train. So I opened, and then we got to go ahead to fully open. Yeah. You know, with small numbers, which was brilliant. Um, So I started getting back on my feet again, um, totally neglecting myself, not training because of the pain aspect of it, um, not being able to put on classes that I have always been able to put on, like a specialty class. That was my favorite class. It's an Olympic lifting class, you know. Um, And I couldn't do it because I couldn't instruct. I couldn't demonstrate. I couldn't a,
3: touch a barbell. And you, know? and you know, in your post on social media, you say yeah. y- it's not that you weren't working. You were working through this pain barrier yeah. to the point of exhaustion. And then yeah. you, and I remember you telling me this before, there's a link with you between exhaustion and binge eating, isn't there?
1: Yeah, massive, massive, um, massive link between uh, me. This is where it affects me. When I kind of go into out, I had no choice but to work. mm I had arrears. I'd be. I wanted to keep my. I walked too hard for my business to, to be closed. I had no choice to walk. You know, I did have a choice. I could have easily handed it all over and got rid of everything. And but I wasn't going to throw in the towel. You know, I was. I put myself right at the back of the bin, mm. and I walked and walked and walked. Pay off arrears. Get a bit of savings up. Get a few bit more equipment for the gym. You know, I'm after expanding again upstairs. And, you know. It got me to the point where I realized I was at the point on like ten kilos, nearly two stone. I put on wow, and that yeah, um, you you know where I've been. Yes, I've been here before. Yes, and as I said in the post, you know it's it's amazing as as a personal trainer, as a coach, as a nutritionist, as somebody that's worked that works very closely with men and women with their mental health regarding nutrition. I was I just totally ignored myself, mm. completely ignored myself, and I knew what was going on. Could I have stopped it? I don't know, because it's where I was. It was where I was at. I had no outlet. I was just walking and walking. Um, Isn't that interesting?
3: Playing. Isn't that interesting that you say that you teach yes, people yes. this? You've worked with lots of people, and yet you could see it. You knew it. You realised it, and you couldn't yes. adjust at that stage for yourself. Yes. You did go to a GP, didn't you? And you were offered
1: I went, a, a medical I actually, route, weren't you? Yeah, I actually started with. Um, a psychologist. I went to a psychologist and I started some therapy with me for myself
5: mm.
1: um, because I know I needed it. Yes. I needed it. So um I was going through bits and bobs you know, I was overwhelmed. I was born out, completely born out. And mm. then I went to to my doctor and I had a really this is when I kind of really I hit rock bottom and I went to the doctor and you know, I have a great doctor and um he he literally begged me to, to medicate. He said, Look just give it, a, give it a try for antidepressants. And like I said, you know what? I don't want antidepressants because I'm not depressed. I'm just in a really, really, really nasty, bad world. Now, I was depressed, but I think that I don't know the medical terms for depression, so there's, I think there's clinically depressed. I was depressed for a reason.
5: Mm.
1: You know, it was because I was burnt out, Jerry. I yes. was completely burnt out. Yeah. I was gone, you know, so I was instructing and teaching classes and helping all these amazing people get fit lose weight feel amazing about themselves this is my job but this is what i do yeah i do it naturally i don't it's not a forced effect yes i do this naturally
3: and that's so, why you turned down the offer of to medicate yourself out of this was that the point that perhaps made you focus and uh it turned around for you or was there something else that got you going again
1: no, that was it. When that I came was home it. and I said to Paul, my partner, um, I said, look, he, he wants me to go to antidepressants and he was like, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't want them. I don't want it because, you know what, it's not getting rid of the problem. I know what I need to do. I need to set boundaries. I need to stop. I need to put myself first. Not the gym, not clients. I need to put me first. And that's when um I set boundaries. I restricted personal training clients. I said, I can't, I can't, train anymore I need to either either go to a different time I needed time more time to myself Mm. and then I went and got myself some another psychologist but this psychologist is more so based she's online and she is based around nutrition and body image and Mm. self image and stuff that I need just from me you know we all need a bit of therapy in some ways but I knew I needed that little bit of extra help I needed a me.
3: And that's what <laughs> happened. You just started to concentrate on yourself, draw the boundaries, yeah. take time for yourself, lift the yeah. pressure off a bit. How are you today?
1: Today I'm great.
3: Today, <laughs> um, what about the two, nearly two stones that went up? Are you working away on that?
1: I'm working away on that. Um, I haven't been, I got injections there two and a half weeks ago. I have to go into Sanford Sports Clinic. I needed to get nine injections into my spine and neck. So I was in there for the whole day getting them done because I needed to. Um, I had MRIs and there was a lot of stuff, a lot of damage done to my back and my neck through the car accident. So I then went in and I got these done. So I'm ready to go back training. I'm actually training at five o'clock today for the fourth time in eighteen months. Ah, what a so, day to
3: talk to you! Yeah, yeah. what a day. So, Timing is brilliant. <laughs> fantastic, so <it> is. yeah.
1: <laughs> so hopefully these injections, I've been pain free for a week. So hopefully these injections um, will work and nothing will trigger off the pain for me. Fingers crossed. So today, last week was the start of a new journey for me. Well, two weeks ago, I started nutritionally um, and I feel good. I feel really good. The weight loss is a thing for me, but it's not the main thing. It's getting my mental health back, getting me moving again, getting me feeling good about myself again. And with all that, weight loss will come.
3: Yeah. That's the you know. thing, Sharon. It's yeah. the other things underpinning it. Once you get those in order, well, then the other will take care of itself at that it, uh, stage. It will
1: all fall into place for yeah, you. It yeah, it certainly um,
3: will. Yeah. Oh, oh, look, you're, you're, you're an inspirational woman from I mentioned the first time. <laughs> and uh, here's a uh, chapter two of the story uh, that we're yeah. hearing today. Yeah. But look, yeah. I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad the pain has yep. eased and good luck. I'm sure this is going to be some class later today. Very
1: Thank you so much. I Thank you for to joining. Pack me. Up
3: to you, again. you too. Take care of yourself.
1: You, yourself. you too,
3: Sharon. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Sharon Doherty there. Giamona from Ashburn and County T. Mead. A fantastic lady. And it just shows you, you know, these speed bumps along the road of life, they come to us all from time to time. And there's somebody, a professional, helping so many others who are self admitting today, you know, she needed help herself. But look at, she's on the way back up. She's fantastic.
2: <laughs> It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one.
6: But we were so close. I'm about to be number, number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Two, two, one a Tuesday.
3: Today is the anniversary of the death of In Excess frontman Michael Hutchins. He was only 37 when he died by suicide on November 22nd, 1997. You're probably thinking, why do I mention this in the context of the Two on Tuesday? Well, here is why. My Two on Tuesday today is U2's Stuck in a Moment You Can't Get Out Of, which was released on January twenty-nine, two 2001. But here's why I mention Michael's tragic death today in the context of the song Bono has said the song was inspired by a fictional conversation he had with his good friend Hutchins about suicide Number 2 on Tuesday You too. Tuesday you too and stuck in a moment inspired by the tragic death of in excess front man Michael Hutchins and Louise you were this is some uh, irony and link you passed the hotel you were in Australia mm. at that stage living there and you passed the hotel where Hutchins died on that
7: day mm. and obviously because it was sunny it was only when you said it because obviously over there it's sunny at the minute. Um, I wouldn't have thought it was November in my head Mm. Um, but yeah we were out in a boat and we came off and I lived in Double Bay at the time and he was staying in a hotel in Double Bay and uh, we had to walk past the hotel to get back to the house and there was just I I just remember it was kind of about 10 o'clock at night I'd say um, and there was just you know cops absolutely everywhere and the place was sealed off and there was sirens going and lights flashing and we didn't know what was going on until we got home and looked at the news and we were literally Five minute walk away
5: Mm.
7: where we were living. So yeah, I'll just always remember that.
3: And you never realised till today the connection and the theme of that song. No,
7: and I was just saying it to you like, when was up two thousand and one, was it? So yeah. for the last twenty years, you'd be driving and you'd be singing to that song and you'd be singing all the words. And I never realized what it was. made about. the
3: connection. Well, no. I have to say a big thank you to my good friend Eddie Joyce.
7: Yeah, thanks Eddie. Uh,
3: thanks, Eddie for that, and the two today. And of course, when you have a two, you've got to have a number one. So what was number one? Well, let me tell you that the number one was released. Here's another real connection. On the very same date as the U2 song, the 29th of January, the number one was released that day. It went straight to number one in the UK charts, stayed there for four weeks and sold in excess of a million copies. It is Atomic Kitten. Tom McKitton, the number one that prevented you two making top spot. And Kerry Katona got married the following year, 2002, in County Mead, Louise. In five. There you go. Mm-hmm. And her, a member of course of Atomic Kitten. Because she's gone through husbands since.
7: Yeah, she's, but the two of them left two brilliant bands like.
3: Yes. You they know, did. Atomic
7: Kitten and Westlife. Well,
3: there's no accounting for what happens in pop groups as we we'll hear later on with my artist of the week, Sugar Babes. Anyway, that's your Two on Tuesday on the 22nd of November 2022. Short break on the way. And afterwards, we are going to have a chat with Dr. Bart Kuzera from The Beacon. Fertility Clinic about egg freezing Uh, We've spoken to our next guest in the past, he's a key member of Beacon Fertility Clinic who've opened a satellite from their uh, main base in Sandyford in Dublin here in Drogheda and he joins me on the line to talk about a new development Artificial intelligence is now part of what Beacon Care offer when it comes to egg freezing Dr Bart Cusera, welcome back to the show
8: Welcome, thanks for having me.
3: Oh, you're very welcome again. What does this mean, the AI, uh, when it comes to egg freezing? What's the significance of it, please? Uh,
8: essentially, it means that uh, some digital means of uh, image analysis were implemented. You know, the eggs can have various features that basically come unnoticed to human eye. And they can be picked up by comparison to known pattern of, of best performing eggs from the past. Um, So, with that in mind, you know, it allows us to give an approximation for the given egg, how likely is it to become a usable embryo, and then, you know, depending on patient's age, a proportion of embryos can result in a baby. So, uh, all in all, uh, it, it gives us, you know, a better hint whether a woman should keep going with freezing more eggs because the chances don't look very well. Or she should be more comfortable with, you know, stopping at having, let's say, 10, 12 eggs uh, collected with a high prediction. So um, that's, I think, in brief what it does and what it is. We don't see everything. These are things that are very subtle and in our research actually proven to be more uh, sensitive to pick up the differences than experienced human eye. And it
3: it outperforms uh, embryologists who have been doing this in the past by far. It's a it's a much more technical, better tool for this.
8: Yes, it is by one fifth. Actually, that's if you if you want figures. So uh, yeah, by twenty percent, it, it predicted better than uh, than just um, you know uh, an embryologist, an experienced person, a scientist, basically, you know, looking at the eggs under the mm. microscope. Mm. Now,
3: now I suppose the big question is why is egg freezing becoming more and more mainstream?
8: Uh, there's just one reason: uh, we live too long, you know. <laughs> <laughs> If you look at that you know uh, we, we see women who come to us you know in their mid thirties with no idea when they're going to have a family or a baby and they want and they are aware that you know the time uh, matters uh, usually women are you expect to leave fertile till the age of forty two however there are people who will just start a family at the age of 42 or beyond, or they met, you know, late in life, it's a second relationship. So it is like a plan B for future, you know, uh, future family. Um, And yes, it is a kind of picking up momentum now because we see more and more patients um, just inquiring for it. Say today, I've been sitting in my office, four patients, and you know, two to three of them just for this particular case
3: has Jennifer Aniston's recent uh, advice in the media would you think that that has an influence on women as well as she said freeze your eggs girls
8: all these mentions yes they matter we see every time you know something like that shows up we have more inquiries more patients coming up with questions now you know if you look at her You know, history, she was always quite, quite, you know, mute about her fertility, about family making. Now it comes up. Basically, she made sort of come come out now showing that she had a problem uh, and it was not available at her times. It is now so.
3: Mm. Does it? by extension extend the possibility of motherhood later in life and what would you say from your experience and expertise is the latest that an embryo should be implanted in a woman's womb
8: so the first question absolutely so yes you know uh women can use these frozen eggs instead of donor eggs if if they have them right so Mm. they can use them as i said in the mid-40s and and even beyond now When is the latest moment? It's hard to tell, but we have to be aware that uh, obstetrical complications not related to the egg or embryo quality are on the rise, and specifically, you know, uh, once it's late in the 40s and in in the 50s. And needless to say, I know a few clinics in the States that would be just advising women to consider a surrogate rather than carrying themselves in their well in the 50s. And sometimes, you know, health can be compromised in the 50s, so there's a bigger picture to it. Um, if if somebody is not the healthiest, you know, have blood pressure problems, mm. um, pre-diabetes, this is when pregnancy is additionally threatened. So that's when it shouldn't be done. But it can be, hey, it can be in mid-40s, all right. So it's, it's, it's quite early
3: okay so you're saying so it's
8: individual there is no yes. legal framework for the moment there might be one in future you know the, mm. the, the government is now processing legislation uh so we'll see uh however from medical perspective you know we have pregnancies uh, known to be in the 50s um, finished uh, successfully however a major i mean uh, a bigger proportion is, is 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 complicated you know and Yes, not so easy. Yeah. So
3: late forties into fifties, you'd have your reservations. Is that fair to say?
8: Uh, yeah, I mean that's when we when we talk these things. At least you know through with the patients. And by rule, if if somebody is in the fifties or if we have any health concerns, we advise patients to meet an obstetrician first. Okay, to have a preconception. Uh, advice what challenges may she met in in pregnancy uh, and then it's more informed decision you know up to her whether she wants to proceed or not unless you know occasionally you might be advised listen this is not a good idea at all and, and you shouldn't be doing that It's apt that you're with me today doctor because
3: I'm sure you're aware of the story that's just come out in the last 24 hours or so about uh, an embryo frozen on the 22nd of April 1992 in the United States 30 years ago and twins have been born on the 31st of October called Lydia and Timothy Ridgway. Are you aware of this case?
8: Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, until now, the kind of record figure was 18 years. and was from China. Then in Europe, we had one fifteen 15 years from, uh, from Germany. And this one is absolutely yeah, the, the longest, you know, uh, span between the siblings. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, from a collection to, to, to pregnancy or perhaps, you know, there is an older sibling now and the, the, two, um, the two newborns. Yeah. Um, so speaking of which uh, you know every every embryo transfer brings a risk of of identical twinning it's rare, but it can happen, so this is not preventable in any way uh, We just observe it as is.
3: Yes, and, and just to, uh, people are probably scratching their heads and thinking, was it the same couple that donated that uh, the wife carried the baby? No, what happened was the embryos were created from an anonymous married couple using in vitro fertilisation. The husband was in his early 50s and they used a 34-year-old egg donor and frozen in 1992, but donated to the National Embryo uh, Centre uh, in the States and now another
8: couple have benefited. That's beautiful because, you know, the good quality embryo was not wasted. Mm. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's very positive.
3: Um, Louise, my producer, was asking me, how how did, and I'll ask you this question, you know, 30 years, did they forget about it? I said to her, they must have been under the peas in the freezer. <laughs>
8: now that the embryo was, was there, it's just, you know, um, there is a list of potential uh, embryos. I mean, not in our clinic or in Ireland, to my knowledge, but there are clinics in the world that have these surplus embryos left. This is typically, you know, in the countries or places where people are having treatment earlier in life. And these are surplus embryos kind of, you know, left for the clinics to use, potentially good quality embryos um, if somebody wants to, to take it. So, you know, nobody forgot about this embryo until <laughs> the time somebody <laughs> picked it up to have it transferred. Uh, you know, perhaps somebody, again, most of couples might have been, I wouldn't say deterred but concerned about the time that has passed. but. Well, embryos are frozen in the the liquid nitrogen. They don't change, really, and this is the best proof.
3: Yeah, so what age are the children, Bart? Are they uh, just newborns, or can you say they're 31 today?
8: They are newborns. (laughs) Of course they
3: are. (laughs) Of course they are newborns, is right. But just a final question to you on uh, Beacon Care Facility and what you're doing now with the AI. Do you see this becoming a a, a commodity, mainstream? You know what I'm talking about, that many women will, will avail of this.
8: Yes, uh, and there will be, there will be more and more. Um, you can every now and then hear of companies that want to sponsor their young you know employees to to have their eggs frozen, uh, or you know having a special kind of health insurance that covers such things. Uh, so it all adds you know to to the numbers, um, and yeah, people are planning their life career, you know, um, being, as I said, mid 30s, no near to making a family. Um, so that's that's an opportunity for them.
3: It certainly is. It's a fantastic development and it is available, folks, from Beacon Care Facility who are world leading fertility people. They have a clinic in Sandyford in Dublin and a satellite opened recently in Drogheda in County Loud. Doctor Bart Kuzera, always a pleasure to speak to you.
8: Thank you. It's a pleasure, Martin.
3: Thank you for joining me. Take care now. That's uh, an interesting story there. And about the embryos, just picked up on that story myself this morning. They're incredible. 30 years ago, they were frozen. And that family who uh, are now the parents of those twins, they have four other children aged 8, 6, 3 and 2, and none were conceived uh, using IVF or donors. There you are and these children have been and joined that family amazing amazing isn't it what science can do you're at late lunch on LMFM radio the world cup game continues the one on at the moment and unlike yesterday uh a 6-2 for England it's nil nil between uh, Denmark and Tunisia with about 6 minutes to go and probably 46 minute, minutes added on it seems to be like that in the World Cup this year anyway baggage in a moment what do you make of that Louise the 30 year embryo frozen back in 1992 mm. and giving life today just to tell you that the babies a little more information on them uh, Lydia was 5 pound 11 and Timothy 6 pound 7 so they were decent sized babies mm. for twins and
7: identical doesn't say doesn't
3: Say whether they're identical or not, but as I mentioned, the Ridgway family uh, and the mum carried the embryo, uh, they have four children eight, six, three, and two anyway. And, and now these twins, uh, but it's an amazing span, yeah. isn't it? 30 years,
7: and how much the world has moved on in 30 years, incredible, you know, in, in terms of the technology, even back then mm. that had happened, yes. But, um, newborns, mm. yeah. I'd love to be 60 looking 30. <laughs>
3: <laughs> As Bart said, Doctor Bart, they are newborn babies. But here's the thing: the embryo, listen to this, was frozen at minus two hundred degrees centigrade. Mm. That's the temperature it's frozen. So it could be actually frozen indefinitely. You know, indefinitely. There's no date on it mm. at, at all, really. You know, could you imagine an embryo, say, in a hundred and thirty years' time? Uh, you know being fulfilled and a baby or babies being born a with that. century yes with that gap mm. would that be right you know is anything right or wrong you know what I mean to leave you know a hundred years
7: nurture or nature
3: you're getting you know children from a completely different time you know, they're embryo from it. Maybe it makes no difference that they're just children and they're born and they're born into the world in 100 years time, whatever that. And do they learn or like. have
7: they anything predisposed or, yeah, you know, are they predisposed to anything? Are yeah. they predisposed predis- to any condition mm. that may not be around in 130 then, years yes, time?
3: Yes, when you know. I have no doubt certain diseases that are fatal today will be just running mm. the mill and you'll take a pill for them. Wherever. There are so, so many able questions. for the cold though. <laughs>
7: well, mine is two
3: hundred. They won't need the lagging jacket like yourself. No, <laughs> no. they won't. They won't need I it. I definitely all, to be honest.
7: wasn't frozen.
3: Yeah, and John says they're very cool babies, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. They are. You're right, John. There's no doubt about that. They're really cool. They'll be cool to their brothers and sisters as well in the future. Ficky Wall, rumor has it, you're telling me is up for an award. You know all the controversy we were talking yesterday on the show. Yeah, that she didn't get one. All star. She didn't get an all star. She's up for an mm-hmm. award. Is it in Australia? And the Australian rules. Well, she's is been it?
7: shortlisted for the AFLW's best first year player there you award, go. along with another lady from Armagh, Blohine Macken
3: I ain't surprised that Vicky So,
7: do they see something that we didn't?
3: Perhaps. But that's what she's performing now, to be honest. That's what she's been playing and playing our trade is in the AFL out there. And obviously, she's excelled for a first year uh, with her team there. And that's why she's been recognised as, as a star performer. But anyway, it's history here. So, it is uh, six awards for me. Nice to look to her. Again you might be celebrating yeah, with her yeah, yet. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, late lunch LMFM Radio Artist of the Week, Sugar Babes to come. And remembering the late great photographer Jimmy Weldon coming up on late lunch after news, weather and sport at three. But we're going there with a timely song, Louise. I've requested this one myself. You did? Because
7: if this rain doesn't <laughs> stop so much for having a dry day. I'm getting a boat. I'm getting
3: a boat for to get out of the house and get to work. Yes, it's super tramp, and it's raining again. It is indeed. <laughs>
2: The Late Lunch Artist Artist of the Week.
5: Artist of the Week.
3: Yes, my artists of the week this week are the Sugar Babes. And did you know this about them? The intention was to call the group the Sugar Babies, but was... Tweaked before they were introduced to the world as babes, they believed would appeal to a more mature audience. Sugar babies? Sugar babes? I think they were right there, weren't they? The lineup, as I mentioned yesterday, was in constant flux. And when founding member Siobhan Dunhey quit in 2001 amid claims of bullying, she was replaced by former Atomic Kitten member Heidi Range. The new lineup scored number ones. Uh, with, uh, Friends Like Me and Round Round, both taken from their second album, with their third album called Three appearing in 2003. And reaching number three in the UK, charts album, album chart, should I say. All the threes. Yes, all threes all the way that year for the Sugar Babes. Hole in the Head was the big number one single from that album. Then in 2004, tantrums, catfights and split rumours were never far away when it came to reporting on them. And it came as no surprise when they took a break from each other between late 2004 and and 2005, even though they were on the crest of a wave at the time. It was a really, really strange decision. But in music terms, groups, etc., logic sort of goes out the window, doesn't it? When they're doing really well, they often split up. For my song today, From Sugar Babes, it's 2007 and a collaboration with Girls Aloud for Comic Relief, which shot straight to top spot on the charts. Here it is. <laughs> We are the Sugar Babes, my artist of the week this week in collaboration with Girls Aloud for Comic Relief. Uh, back in 2007, a massive number one. More from the babies tomorrow, around about this time, in words and song. Your late lunch on LMFM radio this Tuesday afternoon. Final break of the day on the way. Back in April of this year, there was an outpouring of grief and sadness with news that. The wonderful photographer uh, Jimmy Weldon had passed away. The passing of Jimmy Weldon, legendary photographer, was a huge blow to his wife Katrina, family, and friends. But to the Northeast in general, and especially South Lowe, east Mead, where he plied his trade for years, taking wonderful, wonderful photographs. He's gone but not forgotten, never will be. But this year, with Jimmy's memory in mind, he only passed away in April of this year, I've had the privilege to have a sneak preview of a calendar for 2023. It's simply brilliant. It's called Jimmy's Town and it's produced by Anglo Printers. And with me to tell us more is Peter Kieran's from Anglo. Hello, Peter.
9: Jerry how are you?
3: I'm really good. Congratulations to you, but I have to say this to you. How did you whittle it down to what you have in the calendar? Near impossibility, Peter.
9: Impossible is correct. Uh I got um I was very lucky to to have the assistance of Jimmy's good friend Martin Hughes uh, who organized the the photographs with um and permission to use them through Katrina, obviously Jimmy's beloved wife. And um God, I asked I asked him to could he could he could he send me on maybe fifteen to twenty photographs. I think he must have sent me about three hundred. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Peter, was it not difficult enough? And he could have sent you 3000 or 300000 he, 3,
9: right.
3: <laughs> he could have, because the man's uh, back catalogue is simply unbelievable. But anyway, may I say to you, you've done a fantastic job. And I suppose, that is, is it right to say this to you? It's uh, two purpose really to remember Jimmy, but with charity in mind, Peter.
9: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, over the years, I would have produced many books for, for Jimmy. Obviously, people are familiar with the series Jimmy's People, yeah. um, which he produced, I think, about three different series of books over the years. Which, um, So, I mean, obviously, I've produced in the past few years... Uh, Uh, calendars, charity calendars for Down Memory Lane and uh, I think we did it for five years in a row. We stopped it about two years ago because we actually ran out of old photographs. We didn't want to be repeating the same Mm. pictures over and over and um, then, I don't know, one evening I was at home and my wife got this idea to, uh, you know, uh, obviously always, Jimmy's always in my thoughts. He was a good friend of mine, a good friend to the town and uh, somebody said, the man behind a million memories draw his most beloved son. Uh, and I got this idea to try and, uh, you know, to, 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 to dedicate a calendar to him, but to use photographs that Jimmy would have taken of the town, which I suppose a lot of people wouldn't have seen his work of captures of, of the town. Most people would have seen his work of people. Mm. And uh, so with that idea, I, I spoke to Martin, and um, we got together, and with the help of... Tom Riley uh, and the background team from Draw the Down, Memory Lane, Wexford, who are very good in helping me out as well. And we've all put our heads together and come up with the idea of producing Jimmy's Town Calendar. Uh, and obviously, as well as remembering Jimmy, uh, we will also help the charities which we've also helped in the past. So the four charities this year uh, that have been chosen uh, are Red Door Project. Fisherman's Rescue, Boomerang and the Drada branch of the Alzheimer's so we're going to produce a thousand calendars Jimmy, um, Jerry sorry and um, we're hoping to raise 10,000 euro for the chosen charities so it's I suppose it's remembering Jimmy and it's giving something back to charity
3: So ten or each Peter?
9: Ten or each we're, we're you know of the opinion that's enough to ask people to pay I know people Are finding it tough at the moment, so 10 euro. I, I would expect these will be gone, yes, in a, in, in, in a week, you know, uh, or yeah. less. Yeah, there's a very high demand for them already.
3: And <laughs> um, yes. where are they on sale? I hear people listening today wondering, where can they get them?
9: Well, they'll, they'll get them, they'll be. I'm they haven't even got the print yet, they're yes. really on the print today, uh, we just signed off on it uh, this morning on the design. Uh, they will they will be fed to the to the four charities and they will distribute them i can't say exactly where jerry yeah. uh, it, okay. it'll be it'll be up to each individual charity to i suppose use their network to get yes. them out into the market Perfect. in the past i know some some of the charities have used shops around the town some of them have given them out to uh, you know people within their own branches to sell them so it'll be up to each charity to decide Grant. and i think or people who might want to, you know, for that more, more information on that will be available, I suppose, on the Draw To Their Memory Name website, uh, who have been very helpful in trying to to, to to help me promote this, as well as yourself.
3: Yes, and we will uh, uh, mention the four charities as well, and point people in that direction, and if there's any updates, we'd be delighted to carry that information as well, but they'll sell out a thousand, they'll be snapped up, I guarantee you. I have to say, uh, the cover, it's just himself on the cover, isn't it?
9: It's just himself, and uh, funny, uh, Martin, uh, Martin Hughes came up with the idea uh, of, of trying to use a picture of just Jimmy on the front of it, and um, he said to me, I've, I've one picture of him um, just standing in as well, he's in, in, in a flood uh, plain in Drogheda, and uh, you know, uh, one of my design team here, Ismail, came up with the idea of, of putting the background in black and white and just having Jimmy in full colour, so oh, yeah. he really just stands out uh, on his own, and um, I think as you say it's just just Jimmy
3: yeah captures him I don't think you could have picked a better pick there than that one of him it's just himself as you'd meet him on the street any day without giving too much away I love the featured pictures in it and I've just picked out a couple of them um, Old Shop Street Drada, Boylan's and John Collins' in Patrick's Day Parade in March so appropriate Peter
9: yeah it's it's, it's a nice one Uh it's one if I had of known I've I asked Jimmy many times over the years had he any pictures for draw the Down Memory Lane calendars and he kept saying I must have a route and he never <laughs> did but I got one off him in the end an old picture uh, and it's a really nice one that we could have used in the past but uh, we, got, we got it into his own calendar yeah it's okay. lovely uh,
3: really It's nice. beautiful and as you say these are images you wouldn't typically associate with um, a monstrous fireworks display in January I love the Glen in winter time with the snow on the ground the Cable Bridge the Robin oh, the Robin Peter it's beautiful
9: yeah the Robin is this beautiful snap yeah which is has the I think it's the um, is it the D Hotel in the background in the background yes on yeah, the Boyne and, River and yeah. a beautiful Robin yeah just just at the, on, on, on the bridge yeah yeah really nice and again it really stands out um, a real special capture by Jimmy my own um, personal favourite mm. I think would be of uh, the Glen I think you've yes. mentioned that one there. Yes, it's uh, gorgeous. Is, you know, I suppose I'm from that side of the town, yeah. like yourself. Yeah. And uh, it sort of captures the area very nicely.
3: It uh, does. It does. But, and I have to it,
9: s- go on. Go on. A it's a across They are I mean, we also have a page there. I suppose, and um, one which will appeal, which um, you know, which catches the eye, which is the fireman. Yeah. You know who do some. We, as we know ourselves here, having a recent fire, and yes, how, yes. how well uh, they looked after us up here and protecting our, our business. Um, so when I seen that picture of them, I suppose saving the detach, which they did at the time when detach went on fire, and Jimmy captured it so well as, at the time, we thought it was poignant to put that picture in. Um, yep. Of the men at work and doing the great work.
3: Ah, uh, listen, it's great, and uh, congratulations to Parik and yourself and everybody at Anglo Printers for doing this and donating every single euro to charity. And we'll have more about this uh, when the calendar is published and where you can get it. Con- well done, Peter. Great job. That's-
9: Thanks, Jerry, appreciate
3: it. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's Peter Kieran's there from Anglo Printers, Jimmy's Town. Sold out, I can tell you already. Well worth getting your calendar for twenty-three. Larry Stout, Sinead Kavanagh and Black Friday on late lunch tomorrow. Eddie Caffrey next. We'll say goodbye to you today. And remember Jimmy Weldon with this one. Bye.
6: Cheers to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not because the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. To the ones in today. day, toast to the ones that we lost on the way, cause the drinks bring back all the memories, and the memories bring back memories, bring back your
2: LMFM podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 4237.